Welcome to Hidden Headlines, the good news, the God news, news for the soul, stuff no one in the secular media is talking about. And I'm your host, Brian Sussman. This is news for the week beginning January 27th. So it's the last week of January and the first few days of February. In this episode, by the way, I will be giving you my special recipe for my Patriot ribs. Now, this has nothing to do with the New England Patriots. I've been calling them my Patriot ribs for years, and then the rib recipe got so big because of social media that now I call them my world-famous Patriot ribs. Uh, That's coming up at the end of this particular podcast. Also, I continue to promote the Another Chance podcast. I've got four tremendous stories on the Another Chance podcast that you've just got to hear. These are people I know, regular people, who have seen a tremendous divine reboot. God gave them another chance. You know, he's not the God of a second chance, because if he was the God of a second chance, I think we all would have blown through that a long time ago. It's the God of another chance. The first story is about my son, Josh. (laughs) And Joshua spent six years in foster care. Uh, He is such a neat young man. He's never looked back on those years. He's always looked forward, and God's just done some incredible things in his life. You'll hear the story about my good buddy, John Fraterola. John was uh, just antagonized me for my faith. He always thought it was so hilarious that a Jewish guy would believe in Jesus. And what does he do for a living now? Oh, yeah, he's a pastor. <laughs> and uh, the most recent episode, I've got my good friend Peter, uh, who was a drug addict at the age of 17, heroin. God gave him a great chance. And then my good friend, Joe. Joe is a, was a professional skateboarder. And man, did he hit a low before he finally got his divine reboot. So again, just go to briansussman.com, the Another Chance podcast. I highly recommend those. They've been very, very popular. Thousands of downloads. In Hidden Headlines today, all the stories that we're going to be discussing can be found at briansussman.com. All of the stories at briansussman.com. And by the way, I do thank you for your listenership to Hidden Headlines, Uh, please share. Uh, We're getting more and more people subscribing, more and more people listening on all the various platforms, and I do appreciate that. If you just want to know a little bit more about me, go to briansussman.com. You can also follow me, Brian Sussman Show, where, by the way, this particular podcast is being streamed live. That's facebook.com slash Show. Also, Twitter, Brian underscore Sussman. Instagram, Brian Sussman Show. And away we go on this week's Hidden Headlines. So let's get into some of the stories that we're looking at this week on Hidden Headlines. And of course, one has to do with Governor Cuomo. Shame on Governor Cuomo from New York and this ghoulish new abortion law. It's just, isn't it interesting how they do this? This is deceptively labeled the Health Reproduction Act. The Health Reproduction Act. This is a gruesome abortion law which actually reads, and I've read this entire thing, some of it's pretty tricky. I mean, to, to, I mean, you have to be, it's almost like you have to be a magician or some kind of deceptive person to read through this stuff. But it does say this, every individual who becomes pregnant has the fundamental right to choose to carry the pregnancy to term, to give birth to a child, or to have an abortion. So again, every individual... Why can't we just say every woman who becomes pregnant 
Oh, can't go there these days. Every individual who becomes pregnant has the fundamental right to choose to carry the pregnancy to term, to give birth to a child, or to have an abortion. Now, this delusively written law also allows doctors to perform abortions up to mere minutes before a child is born, as well as after 24 weeks, which is the recognized point of viability outside the womb. But if you read further into this, if you read further into this, it becomes clear that there would be a way for someone to justify aborting that child moments before birth. Seriously, moments before birth. So the legislation passed the New York Senate 3824, the Assembly 9247. They did this on January 22nd. Why did they do this on January 22nd? Uh, They did this because that day marked the 46th year of Roe v. Wade. And it was quickly signed into law the same day by Governor Cuomo, who was joined during the signing ceremony by a woman named Sarah Regal Waddington. Now, most people don't know who this older lady was sitting next to Cuomo. She was the attorney who had represented the woman known as Roe before the Supreme Court. Now, I want to get into this because this we have a, a lot of people do not know the, the facts behind this. They've heard of Roe v. Wade, but they don't know the background story. So it be, should be noted that Roe was actually a woman named Norma McCorvey. And Norma McCorvey confessed in her 1994 book, I Am Roe, that her case was an outright lie. She made up the claim that she'd been raped, made it up, at the advice of her feminist attorney to make her case more convincing. So McCorvey also, by the way, never obtained an abortion. She never did. This is Roe and Roe v. Wade. She never obtained an abortion. The whole thing was a lie. She placed her daughter for adoption and then went on to become a later after she had her literal come-to-Jesus moment, she became a vocal pro-life advocate, even going to court in an effort to overturn Roe v. Wade. Now, can you believe this? The whole thing was based on a fraud. And to this day, it is the most, if I could use the term, hallowed law of the left. She, okay, It was all a lie. She said in 2008... My decisions were wrong, and I'm fighting with every breath to change what has occurred. That's what she said in 2008. Sadly, she died in 2017. So Cuomo, Governor Cuomo, actually praised Waddington, the Roe attorney, during his speech and presented her with an award for public service, telling her, God bless you, as he kissed her on the cheek. I've got a photo of this at briansussman.com. I think this is particularly demonic, given that all of these creeps are smiling. Everybody there, including this attorney named Waddington, they're all smiling. This is sick. But stop right here. I, want, I really have to stop here and, and just say this. I, and I mean this with all my heart. If, if, you've ha- if you're watching, if you're listening, um, if you've had an abortion... I just want to let you know that the God of heaven, the God of heaven 
is willing and able to forgive. It's very important for people to hear that. It's very important. I have I've met many women over the years in my travels who have had an abortion and they've repented. God has God has healed them. We can't bring back the dead, but that needs to be said. Now, one more fact. On the evening, this is sickening, this Cuomo. On the evening that he signed what I'm calling the death for the defenseless law, Governor Cuomo announced that the Spire of Freedom Tower, for those of you who have been to New York, you know what I'm talking about. The Spire of Freedom is the building erected where the Twin Towers once stood, you know, that were 9 11 So at the top of this Freedom Tower, it's kind of like our... Um, it's kind of like the new tower we have in San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco, the um, the uh, it's the Salesforce Salesforce Tower. Sorry, the Salesforce Tower. It's like the biggest building in San Francisco now. It's higher than the Trans American Tower. It lights up. It's and it's it can be really spooky when they light this thing up. So they have the same thing on the Freedom Tower in New York. On the day he signed this, the, the death to the defenseless law, he. He, he lit this thing up pink to celebrate the occasion. Pink. And by the way, next to the... Now, here's the, here's the real kicker. Next to the Freedom Tower, there are two pools of water that mark the spot of the 9-11 terrorist attack. Around each one of these pools, if you've seen it, it's very dramatic. There are inscribed in stone the names of every person murdered on 9-11. And adjacent the names of 11 women who were pregnant that day, it reads her name and then, quote, and her unborn child. So apparently at the monument, the unborn children are a big deal. But to Governor Cuomo, he lights up the tower at that very spot, proclaiming the fact that he's just signed the death for the defenseless law that could literally kill a baby right up to term. Uh, note to Cuomo and his sixth celebration of abortion on demand. These are human lives. You've just given the pink light to kill. And I, I will just say this, if I could go Bible on you one more time, because this is actually the Hidden Headlines podcast. In Psalm 139, 13, King David, King David says to God, For you fashioned my inmost being, you'd knit me together in my mother's womb. In the meantime, the second story. Listen to this. This is the Virginia governor, Ralph Northam. So he was caught live on the radio. You can't backtrack this. It's live on the radio. Defending a proposed state law that would allow women to terminate a pregnancy up to a moment before birth. Now, what's crazy, this this part of the story is not being told properly. This Northam guy, he's a pediatric neurologist. He's a baby doctor. So he was telling WTOP radio that third trimester abortions would be done with, quote, the consent of obviously, I'm reading his words, the consent of obviously the mother, with consent of the physician, multiple physicians, by the way, and it's done in cases where there may be severe deformities or there may be a fetus that's not viable. Key words, maybe. You know, if it's the health of the mother that's a concern, well, I'm just having so much mental mental problems. Oh, the stress. Oh, the strain. 
oh my gosh, I just can't take the anxiety. That could be a bona fide excuse as well. Judge Andrew Napolitano, he's the libertarian judge, maybe many of you have seen or some of you have seen on Fox News. Uh, He said, quote, this is murder. He took an oath of office as governor of Virginia to preserve the Constitution, which requires equal protection for all human beings. They can't decide to let the baby die because of its age. That's a crime. And then he went on to say, if the baby in the womb is a person, then that person is protected by the Fifth Amendment, which says no person could lose life, liberty, or property without due process. Do you understand, by the way, this is what is so unique about America? Seriously, only country in the history of the world founded on the principle of life. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, which is also translated the pursuit of property. And, and your property is not just the stuff you own, it's the stuff between your ears, your thoughts, your beliefs, your ideas. That's your property. So Judge Napolitano, right on, Governor of Virginia, you're an idiot. I mean, how, do, how, else, how else do you, this, this is insanity. This is insanity. Next story. This is one that I posted at, well, actually, I take this back. This is a piece that I wrote exclusively for WorldNet Daily. It was posted this week. I have a link for you at briansussman.com and just a short portion of the piece. Again, that was the deal that I provided for uh, WorldNet Daily. They said, may we have this on an exclusive? I said, right on. Just take it, run with it. You guys have tons of exposure. So uh, it's, it's linked up at briansussman.com. But it's entitled Gender Bender, Five California Sex Laws That God's Not Cool With. What This, this state is so nutso, California. Now, it's, 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 actually, it's actually at times hilarious. I, you can't make this stuff up. So when it comes to sex, the, the elected officials in my state, they seem to take pride in defying God. From same-sex marriage to acknowledging counterfeit gender... That's right, counterfeit gender. Uh, our progressive political leaders here relish in pushing the envelope of dem- divine morality. How else can we say it? So as a result, they, they see this time-honored verse recorded by Moses as a challenge worthy of their legislative wrecking ball. It's Genesis 1.27. I'll read it. So God created humankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, or he created them. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Uh, that's Genesis one twenty-seven. So a bit about this succinct verse, which beautifully describes the beginning of the human race, by the way. Uh, first of all, God fashioned us in his own image. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that he set us apart from the animal world. It means he provided us with the keen ability to distinguish good from evil. And he enabled us to communicate with him as well. Secondly, if you read this, it's pretty simple. Secondly, he created two distinct genders, male and female, period. Male, female. So this single line has provided countless generations with a foundation that supplies, one, a clear anthology, Two, an understanding of humanity. And three, illustrates the hardwired differences between men and women. 
But oh, California's radicals, they have been systematically rewriting the truths found in this verse for the longest time. Kamala Harris comes into play. 2008, California voters said no to same-sex marriage via Proposition 8. Do you remember that? It was only 2008. It was a little over 10 years ago. We said no in California. Over 50% of us said no to this. But oh, the state's attorney general decided at the time, Kamala Harris, she declined to defend the ban on same-sex marriage. The people said, hey, Kamala, you're our attorney general. And Kamala Harris said to the people, screw you. I'm not going to defend what you want in court. She didn't. Now, right away, to me, she defied her obligation. We elected her as attorney general. And when it came time to defend us in a court of law, she wouldn't do it. Soon after, California legislators were able to legalize same-sex marriage because it was defeated in court. So we were not number one. Massachusetts was actually number one. So continuing, now we go from there to 2016. The California legislature concocted a silly bill known as the bathroom law. This was really a dumb law, which was soon signed into law by then-Governor Jerry Brown. And it required all single-user restrooms. So these are like you go to the Starbucks. And there's, it's, it's, it's your basic one-holer, okay? It's just, it's, just, it's just, that's it. There's a toilet. So for restrooms like that, you had to label them gender-neutral. So apparently the universal men-woman marker formerly affixed to such bathrooms was just too offensive for some. So once the toilet signs had been updated, the legislature officially advanced a third gender. So this doozy of a law allows California residents to officially revise. It's a law. You can now in the state of California officially revise your gender and you can change your name. That's right, you can do it. To align with your desired gender. In other words, Forget what God had and has in mind for you. A man can declare himself to be a woman. A woman can announce that she's a man. And anyone can insist that they are either male or female. They're neither male nor female. But instead, they're now a gender known as non-binary. This is the law of the land in California, folks. Uh, So we have three gender options that can now be updated on all state documents, birth certificates, driver's licenses, and in the case of the new category, one's gender is noted with an X, plain and simple. Also, in an effort to further tamp down offense, the legislature also demanded that the pronouns he and she, this is new, Uh, he and she be replaced with they in all official public hearings. So now when they're doing public hearings in certain departments in Sacramento, you're not allowed to say uh, he or she. It's they. However, I think most disturbing, and and again, um, this is really sad, most disturbing is yet another law that took effect last year here in California mandating that kids in foster care This is where my heart stops because I dedicated, as some of you know, a a big chunk of my life to foster kids. I had an organization called Brian's Kids 
And uh, over the course of 10 years, uh, we helped over 400 kids in foster care find permanent families. I, I'm, and all 400 of those kids, I met them personally. I would go to their home, interview them, highlight their life, and then we would show their story each week on KPIX Channel 5 in San Francisco. And it was a tremendously successful and popular segment. That's how I met my son, Josh. He was a foster kid. So, so if you're a kid in foster care, listen, these poor kids in foster care, not one of those kids asked to be there. None of them. They did nothing. They're innocent. In, in many cases, they had parents that were idiots. It's no fault of theirs. And too many times it's because of drugs. and ugh. So these poor kids, okay, now you're messed up as it is. You're in foster care. You're confused. You're messed up. Who knows what else has happened to you? So if you're in foster care and you decide that you're transgender, I don't know, you go to school and maybe your teacher sees that you're a little boy who's rather effeminate and has a conversation with you. Maybe, maybe you're actually a girl trapped in a boy's body. So now all you have to do is kick it up a notch, go to the school's nurse. You know, I think I'm a girl trapped in a boy's body. All right, there you go. That's all that has to happen to have outright access to free medical services and to further your transition as a little kid into something you were not born to be, including hormone therapy and surgery, all at the taxpayer dollar. So I write, you know, in this in this post. Is God good with all of this? No. Not only do male and female together reflect the image of God, but they're coming together in a marriage relationship to bring forth new life is used in the Bible as the deepest and most intimate analogy of God's relationship with us. And folks, many of you have never studied this. I have. From Genesis to Revelation, God and his people are portrayed as husband and wife. From Genesis to Revelation, that, that symbolism is so strong. In the book Revelation, it's beautiful. It's, it's Jesus is the groom and the church is his bride. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, in the account of creation, Genesis, you know, the book of Genesis, God lays out this gender-based matrimonial picture and sets the stage for a final eternal union of God and his people, the Messiah and his bride, if you will, in Revelation. So God created us male and female, and that matters. And what the legislature in California and elsewhere is doing purposely distorts the image of God and his plan for sexuality, marriage, family, society, etc. So as I write, you know, the good news is God's in the redemption business. He came to earth in the form of a man, the Messiah Jesus, in order to die as the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. And when we embrace that, when we surrender to his will, God begins to restore us into, are you ready for this? The man or woman we were born to be. Gosh, I've got so many stories of, and maybe you do as well, but in the circles I've been able to travel in over the years, I could not count the number of guys that were gay and who are now married to women, and in some cases have children. 
And I've seen the same thing with women over the years as well. Now, you got to travel in these circles. What circles are these? Uh, the circles of God, the circles of Christian churches, the circles of Messianic Jewish congregations. God is in the business of restoring lives. He created you as a man. He wants you to be the man he created you to be. He created you as a woman. He wants you to be the woman he created you to be. I know it's completely politically incorrect, but since when is God politically correct, I ask? And finally, something on the lighter side, because the news in this podcast has just been off the charts crazy. So you deserve a treat. My world-famous Patriot Ribs. I do have the complete recipe up at briansussman.com, but I'm going to share a little bit with you right now, share a little bit of these, uh, the ingredients and the, uh, the process with you right now. Now, first off, these ribs have nothing to do with the New England Patriots. So you may be a Rams fan saying, I don't want those ribs. I'm a Rams fan. <laughs> I get it. But for the past decade, I've simply referred to them as, well, first they were the Patriot ribs. Then because of social media, I started getting emails and uh, messages from people all around the United States, including, you know, great places where they know their ribs, like St. Louis, um, like, um, like uh, St. Louis. We've had people from Texas where, man, they're big on their ribs, uh, the Deep South. And then I started hearing from people in other countries. So I call them my world-famous Patriot Ribs. And they really are, as a result, uh, famous. <laughs> I've heard so many great comments, but I've heard a couple negative ones as well. I'll share that in just a moment. The negative really has to do more with kind of the highbrow people. But here's the deal. Uh, I've tweaked this recipe over the years several times, making it better. I have a son who's a professional chef who's helped me out as well. What you want to do is you place the ribs, pork ribs only. You can do baby backs, which are big out here in California, St. Louis ribs, which are big elsewhere. Beef ribs, I, I can't guarantee it for the beef ribs. Maybe it'll work. I've never tried. I wouldn't want you to waste money and experiment. I'm not, by nature, I guess maybe it's my Jewish DNA, I'm not a big pork guy, but this is my one exception. Okay, this is my one exception. Thank God for his grace. So these things are delicious. What you do is you place them in a, in a little pan, I use a glass or ceramic pan uh, and then add some Guinness stout into the pan. Now, any nice stout beer will work. A, a light beer doesn't work. It's got to be a nice stout, dark beer. Uh, I had a chemist get a hold of me one time and, and describe why the dark beer works uh, as opposed to a light beer. So it's chemistry, appro chemistry approved. Um, anyway, about an inch or less of the beer in the pan. And then you cover the pan with aluminum foil. Let them sit for about an hour on the kitchen counter. So they're, they're nice and cold right now. Uh, you've taken them out. You've uh, allowed them to uh, un unfreeze if they're frozen. And sit on the counter in the aluminum foil with the, uh, the beer for about an hour. Then you preheat your oven to 320. You're going to bake the ribs in the pan with the beer covered in foil for two hours. Then you turn off the oven. Just let the ribs sit in the closed oven for about an hour. Fire up your barbecue or your grill. Get that grate nice and hot. 
Take the ribs out of the oven, put them directly onto the grate, bone side down. Slather on your favorite barbecue sauce. I like Sweet Baby Ray's. By the way, I should also mention this. Uh, when you place, when you first place the ribs in the pan, uh, prior to putting the beer in, put a nice rub on. I, I like a rub that I get from Kirkland. It's uh, just it's just a nice little sweet uh, mesquite barbecue rub from Costco. Uh, so that's the Kirkland rub. But um, make sure you do that. Then you pour on the beer and let them sit in the pan. Very important for about an hour. Okay, now they're cooking. Everything's going well. You take them out, put them on the grill, bone side down, slather your favorite barbecue sauce. Again, I like the Sweet Baby Ray's. But whatever you like, it's all your preference. And uh, you do five minutes on the bone side, turn them over, do five minutes on the, the meat side and put more of that barbecue sauce on there. But I've got all the directions at briansussman.com. What's going to happen here towards the end? That it's, it's going to caramelize. It's going to be beautiful. You're going to love it. And then you put those ribs on a big serving plate. And I'm not telling you something. You can cut them with a spoon. You'll have a few bones left over on the grill, I guarantee you. But this is where the aficionados say, Brian, there's not enough bite in those bones. You'd never win a contest. Okay, whatever. I just like the fact that the bone just falls right out. They're a crowd pleaser. They taste fantastic. Please, please, please enjoy. Again, all these stories can be found out, uh, discovered at briansussman.com. You can learn more about me at the website as well. You can follow me on Twitter, Brian underscore Sussman. Facebook, Brian Sussman, uh, Facebook.com slash Brian Sussman Show. Where, by the way, we did a Facebook Live of this particular podcast and um instagram etc i appreciate your listenership my friends please if you like share let people know about this let's get the word out it's always a pleasure always an honor to serve you may god bless you and i look forward to broadcasting another hidden headlines podcast with you next time thanks for listening